the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrier, your host. This is our two of our daily program on this Tuesday afternoon, in case you're still thinking it's Monday. We had Monday off, most of us. Uh, maybe you didn't. Uh, we had a program yesterday, actually, but maybe you didn't have uh, work, or maybe you did. I know some people who have today off because they work through the evening or through the weekend, and then this is their um, their place uh, to take a day off. And I hope that you get that kind of a day off. Well, welcome to Southern California Live, Hour 2. We talk about the issues of the day from a Christian perspective. And this hour, I wanted to talk about nimbyism. You know what nimbyism is? This can go in a whole lot of different directions. And it's something that I think every person needs to think about with all of the issues that we have to deal with. But as Christians, we got to be real sure that we understand what this is. NIMBY, N-I-M-B-Y, it means not in my backyard. And nimbyism is an idea that says, I'm going to support a certain political initiative or a government program for homeless people or for people who have addictions or people who uh, have different kinds of housing needs or or whatever it is that you for environmental um, things like uh, wind turbines or power plants, other things like that, where people say, yes, I'm in favor of this. And then when you say, good, we're going to put one in your neighborhood. And then they say, well, no, uh, not in my my neighborhood. You can't put that homeless shelter in my neighborhood. You can't put that, I'm, I'm all in favor of uh, letting people out of jail early and uh, putting them in some kind of halfway house, but you can't put that in my neighborhood. See, that's not in my backyardism. It's the idea that says I support an idea generally, um, and uh, we find this a lot with politicians. They'll be all in support of something, but then when push comes to shove, they're really not. And where does a Christian come down on on these issues it's hard isn't it because we want to live in neighborhoods that are safe we want to live in neighborhoods not just christians obviously but everybody we want to live in a place that gets better as far as way of life but how do we get through that i've been thinking about that because and i've been following uh the story of texas governor abbott who has been putting um people who've come into the country illegally on buses and sending them to sanctuary cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and now Chicago. And the state of Texas has spent a lot of money, 9 or $10 million, I think, shipping these people into uh, these other cities. Uh, but these cities, the sanctuary cities, are, are cities who have said, hey, we're a sanctuary city for people who come here illegally. We are a city where we are not going to work with the federal government to return people back to their homeland. We are going to ignore laws that would cause that to happen or do any of this. And in some, you know, to some extent, we're saying, hey, and you're welcome to come here and we'll provide life for you. Now, that being said, I don't, you know, you need to obey the federal government laws. There's there's all kinds of issues with with that. 
um, but taking care of people. If you were saying, okay, we're Chicago and we're a sanctuary city, so if you come here, uh, let's take care of you. And we're going to provide the services and we're going to do whatever we can to really help you. Uh, that's one thing. But what's what it turns out is that these cities aren't prepared at all to deal with people who have this sort of need. And uh, it sort of progressed in some different ways. At first, I thought that the governor of Texas doing this, it was just a political stunt. And it still might be, you know, I don't know what his intention is. It's working for him. He's way ahead in his race uh, for to be reelected. And some people think this is uh, a big part of it. But I think also the immigration issue is a huge issue. And there are humanitarian concerns with it. And there's a lot of legal concerns. There's, there's a lot of concerns on both sides. I was saying last week how I think if we actually came together with a plan, I'll bet 80% of us could come up with a plan that we would all support. There's, you know, maybe 10% on, on extremes of either side that won't support anything. But I think, I think most of us, if we thought about it, if we got in a room full of people and we just said, how do we resolve the issue of so many people coming to the United States through the Mexican border in particular, although some people come from Canada also, um, how can we do this in a way that is kind, that is helpful in truth, that doesn't make the problem worse but actually makes it better? What are some things that we can do? I'll bet there's a lot of things that people would come up with where there would be tremendous agreement on how to do this. Well, there's a lot of politics, of course, about this. And there's been politics in recent years with the sanctuary cities, with, you know, Trump's Donald Trump's wall and uh, and Biden recently uh, trying to finish up the parts that Trump was working on, which was sort of funny. And, you know, what should we do as Christians? And I'm saying this because a comment was made by the mayor of Chicago, who is now having to deal with uh, these uh, people who've come here illegally in her city. Um, that the governor of Texas is doing something that is not Christian. Uh, This is what she had to say. I understand the pressures uh, that the people of Texas and some of the other border states are under. We see that on a daily basis. But the thing to do is not this. This is creating a human crisis. And treating people without dignity, without respect, it's not what we are as Americans. And it's, frankly, another demonstration of unpatriotic um, conduct on the part of the governor of Texas. We can and must do better as Americans. The rest of the world is watching us and how we're treating these people who are coming to our country because they're fleeing violence. They're fleeing a lack of economic opportunity. They're fleeing other kinds of persecution. This is what our country has been about. We open up our arms and we welcome those who have um, struggled to find a decent quality of life elsewhere. And the way that we welcome them is not what the governor of Texas is doing. It is absolutely un-American. And I urge him. He professes to be a Christian. This is not the Christianity and the teachings of the Bible that I know. All right, so it's that last comment. There's a whole lot in there that we could talk about. That's that last comment that drew me to this for a a topic today, the idea that she's challenging his Christian faith on on this. So here's a question for you. What is the Christian response to the immigration crisis? Um, What is it that, that the church should do in regards to this kind of poverty that is here, 
the issues that are serious about borders that are are not secure. There's serious issues about that in the history of the world. If your border is not secure, it will eventually lead to your downfall. That's true, I would say. The truth also is that there is a humanitarian concern that I think is going to get worse. What I would predict for you is that if the United States does not come up with an immigration policy and a policy toward Central American states in particular that actually helps address the issue of drugs and poverty, then this is only the beginning, that there will be a government collapse down there. Nicaragua is close. El Salvador is in a lot of trouble. Guatemala is in a lot of trouble. There will be a government collapse that will send millions of people to our border. Millions. And in some places, the millions into the United States of people. This is a humanitarian crisis that is real, that is um, very serious, and it seems to me that Washington doesn't want to fix it, that we say a lot about it, that we say, oh, we're a sanctuary city, and, you know, some of the things that she had to say, you know, I guess that's how we might feel. The governor or the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, when these people first started arriving into New York, this is Eric Adams uh, about five weeks ago. This is what he had to say. And we can't have... Of uh, the historical, um, I believe people should be housed, but just don't house them on my block. See, he's immediately going to what I think is the right argument here. Okay, New York, sanctuary city. He supported that. He's basically saying we we want people to come here and we want to take care of them. So he says, um, we're not going to be a city that says NIMBY, not in my backyard. Um, that we're going we're gonna to follow through. That's where he began about five or six weeks ago when this started. He continued this way. Everyone blocked. Everyone's block is going to be impacted by this. And so we have to add our advocacy uh, with our uh, ability to help our neighbors. And we need everyone on board with this, you know, because as I stated last week, our schools are going to be impacted. Our health care system is going to be impacted. Uh, Our infrastructure is going to be impacted. Uh, but we're willing to do our job, and we're going, we're going to do our job, and we're going to need all New Yorkers to be with us on this. All right, that's where he started, and he basically was saying, okay, if you're going to send people here, then we're going to do what we said. He said, I don't want to be a NIMBY. I don't want to be not in my backyard. And he said it's going to impact all of us, though, which I thought was correct because in Texas and California and Arizona and border states, this does affect every single, every person. And if we're going to, and I'm I'm not saying right or wrong here for the sake of this discussion, okay, but if the United States, for whatever the reason, is going to have borders that are porous, that are open, where we're not really um, trying to do something to change our immigration policy, everybody says we need to do it, but nobody's doing it. Um, and there's there's a whole lot that needs to be done, and it is getting worse. What's the Christian response to this? Like, in in a way, either way, uh, what, you know, you might have a position on this one way or the other, but what is the Christian response to this kind of poverty or this kind of immigration, whether it's legal or illegal? Because Lori Lightfoot challenged the, the Christian response of the Florida governor publicly. Uh, is she right? Is there more to it? What's the 
what is it that we should do? Have you thought about this, or is it just something that gets irritating to you? The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. You can send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And uh, what do you think? Now, Eric Adams was in this position five or six weeks ago, but now, five or six weeks later, as the buses keep arriving, he's frustrated. And he had this to say uh, a couple weeks ago. It's the worst type of politics. It's hateful politics to raise his national profile. And you know what? You should not be doing it by taking away the respect and dignity of people who are in need. What the Texas governor is doing is just so anti-American. All right. So what we're getting is frustration, which I understand. Uh, But this is a frustrating issue that we have to do something about. Can I just tell you that whatever the right answer is here, the wrong answer is to do nothing. The wrong answer is to just play politics and not help people. The, The wrong answer is to use people in whatever way, and both sides use people as pawns in this. Both sides have have used people and not helped them and blamed the other side for, you know, the cages that were down there and the family separations without getting into the nuance of the fact that sometimes there's no family to give these kids to. And the fact that this has been getting worse for years and neither side is having an effective policy. So Donald Trump had the, the wall, but he hardly built any of it. He built some. Biden is compa- com, uh, compelled to to finish the work that uh, was started during the Trump administration because it's not going well. What is the Christian response? And And the nuance that I'm looking for here is whatever is decided, okay, one day maybe we'll have a better policy. One day maybe we will have better control over the border. Or one day they're just going to not and just open it up which, you know, whatever that case is, what are some of the things that as, as believers we should be thinking about in this? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'll get to your calls here in just a second. Um, one person sends into the text line here, follow the law of the land. They need to come in legally, not like this, as people are pouring into the country. Uh, it is not safe, and it will soon be noticeable in a bad way. I think that's what's happening in these cities where people are being sent into. It's becoming very noticeable. And they, they're not prepared for it. It's one thing to say you're a sanctuary city. It's another thing to actually do it. And if you can't handle just a couple hundred people who are coming in or a few hundred people, thousands are coming in every day across the border. Thousands. <laughs> what are we going to do? Uh, there's a lot of different issues. There's crime and there's the the gang issue and the drugs all of that is a part of it but there's a lot of people in fact a study recently is talking about how people are coming from all over the world not just mexico or central america but excuse me everywhere and there's a part of it that's great hey they want to come to the united states i understand that we've always had that kind of policy it's just that we used to have a, a immigration policy that worked that welcomed people but didn't just welcome people through an open border they came through and were and were processed. We knew who people were. We we checked them for health problems. We did a whole lot of other things. Why aren't we doing that now? Whichever side you're on, why aren't we doing that? 888-528-2557. As a Christian, when you have this kind of conversation with people, what should that look like? 
Seven, Joey in Orange County, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, uh, are you talking to me? Yeah, what's your name? Oh, Joey. Okay, Joey, yep, Joey. Yeah, I, um, I'm i a Christian, and I uh, spent 10 years of my life working with the homeless, mm. with my uncle's inheritance, so it, I'm not, um, not incompassionate, but I just had to laugh when I heard that uh, Governor Abbott was sending busloads of undocumented immigrants to New York and uh, and other sanctuary cities where they say they are welcome and to be treated with dignity and respect and taken care of. Now they get the opportunity to treat them with dignity and respect and take care of them. I thought they should be thrilled. Well, that's, I think, the uh, the irony of it. What I'm hoping is in this is that, yes, there's lots of politics and it's election year stuff. Um and it is exposing, I think, an attitude about this. But I'm hoping that it actually moves both sides to try to solve the problem. Does that make sense? Well, they haven't solved the problem. They just let Texas and California just, uh, you know, boil in their own stew. And they made the problem worse. And they attacked, you know, the the Border Patrol people. Uh, they have not done their job. So That's right. So worse and worse. So let me ask you this. You said you worked with homeless uh, ministries and homeless outreach. I, I have a homeless ministry. You have a homeless ministry. ministry. Have you ever had I to have deal, one. have you ever, when you were doing that, did you have to deal with not in my backyard issues? Uh, no, I didn't because I was my own uh, little organization. I didn't have any red tape and I got people into one bedroom apartments uh, with prayer and um I, got, I took them to my church for help, and I took them to the Catholic Church for help. And the Catholic Church was finally the one that said, why don't you get them under a roof so you don't have to keep bringing them back? And I thought, well, there's a brilliant idea. <laughs> <laughs> we, had a, we had a donut shop church and a 24-hour donut shop, and our motto was, six to eight, after eight, you're too late. <laughs> <laughs> so it was six to eight, and after eight, you're too late. Does that mean uh, too late for donuts or too late to get in? Too late to go to church because then I had to go to my own church. <laughs> oh, I see. All right. All right, Joey, thank you for calling Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. What is a Christian response to uh, the border crisis and people coming over the border? Sanctuary cities, the busing of people to different cities. Uh, the mayor of Chicago challenged the governor of Texas's faith uh, because of his... Um, his new uh, plan, his program of taking people who come here illegally and shipping them to uh, liberal uh, sanctuary cities across the country, 888-528-2557. Delano in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, Hello, uh, young man, how you feeling? I'm doing fine, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm a born-again Christian, Yeah. and I have a comment to make about that Texas governor. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know if he's a Christian or not. He does, he yeah, does, I, have, I don't really know. But uh, according to the Bible, we're supposed to open up our doors to people who have troubles running from tyranny and uh, who doesn't have a, a very good life. The Bible says, remember the foreigner, because you was a foreigner at one time yourself. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, we was all adopted into Christ, those who... Uh, when the Jewish nation was, when he only came to the Jews. So he opened a door for us, for the Christians, to his son Jesus. So, what, so 
What do you think the Christians should do? So this issue ultimately is going to be dealt with by politicians, okay, left or right. They're they're -hmm. going to control the border or they're not going to control the border or they're going to come up with a new policy or they're going to come up with no policy. Either way, we've got a lot of people who um, need our attention. What what should the Christian do? What should the church do? I think that we should have some type of control over our border. Hmm. I don't think we should have open border, period. I'm not for that. Yeah. But we do need we need to help people. Some people come through to come through the border to the different parts of the United States. The United States period. And we, we you know, I don't know what, what they know the uh statistics on the amount, the number, I don't know that. And I think it should be controlled to somewhat, some yeah. degree. I think most we we Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I think most people, almost everybody on the right and left, agrees with you that it should be controlled one mm-hmm. way or the other. Uh, so mm-hmm. then what do we do with people who come in anyway or who come in legally? Let's say it's controlled one day and that most people who come in are legal. Well, it has to have some type of, uh, I don't know how they're going to do it, but some, some weeks or some months say, well, you know, we, we can't let people in this month because we're overcrowded. And uh, we need to uh, make way for the people that's already came, already here, mm-hmm. and then start over again. And, you know, a lot of people are from tyranny, you know, like you mentioned South, you mentioned South America yeah. and Central America, where, where people are actually starving and really doing bad. And, I mean, Mexico is one thing, but these people, their government is, is really in bad shape, you know. Yeah. It's so a- uh, it, it's, a, it's a serious situation, problem. But it we is. do need to help people, you know? We do. I think that you're right. Delano, i got to take a break. Thank you for your call. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm asking the question, uh, what is the Christian response to people who are coming over the border, particularly people who are here illegally? Um, and then in the future, what happens once a decision is made or if no decision is made? You know, where do we go? You might have an opinion sort of of what we ought to do, but if nothing is actually done one way or the other... What's the response of the church? 888-528-2557 is the number. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back for your calls. And this subject is the Tuesday edition of SoCal Live continues. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Hot day. Hope that you're taking care to stay cool and to keep the thermostat up, whatever you need to do to uh, help everybody out. The number is 888-528-2557. We're talking about immigration and what the church should do. And I'm asking this because the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, is frustrated because the governor of Texas started sending people who are here illegally to her city on buses uh, like he's been doing in New York and Washington, D.C. and But these cities have called themselves sanctuary cities for people who are here illegally. And it's certainly a political stunt, but is it also making a point? She challenged him on his faith that it's not the Christian thing to do. And I'm kind of, I'm a little fuzzy on what's Christian or non-Christian, so I thought I'd ask you, what do you think? What should be done? And let's think about also in this context, nothing really has been done significantly for a long time. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to call. You can send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, 888-528-2557 to join the conversation. 
Here's some statistics for you, okay, of people who are coming over the border right now and where this crisis is, okay, and it is a crisis. The reason it's a crisis uh, is in, in 2022, by the time the month is over, it'll be over 2 million people have come across the border uh, illegally, uh, according to the Border Patrol. And that is four times as many as in uh, 2020, a little more than or already more than it was last year. And it is going up. Now, 2020 is a weird year. We probably shouldn't ever really count 2020 because of the pandemic and all the things that meant, because it was only half as much in 2020 as it was in 2019. 2019, it was about a million people, about 500,000 in 2020. Anytime you're looking at numbers, you know, you got to almost toss 2020, even 2021 sometimes because uh, the COVID did so many things. Here's the uh, here's a number for you. What do you think about unaccompanied minors, people who are kids? Uh, I'm guessing that means under 18. In 2019, it was 80,000. 2020, once again, toss that, it's 33,000, but the pandemic probably affects that. In 2021, it's 146,000. In 2022, so far, 128,000. So it's going to easily pass uh, that number. Very few accompanied minors. So very few people are coming with their kids uh, out of that whole number. Uh, 2,000, 2,500 so far this year, 2,000 last year. Uh, Lots of little kids coming. What do we do? What do we do about this? And what is the Christian response? 888-528-2557. Larry and Irwindale, welcome to Southern California Live. With their kids. Hi, Larry. Uh, 2,000, 2,500 so far this year, 2,000 last year. Hey, Larry, year. turn your radio down. I'll come back to you, Larry. And when I come to you, just have your radio down. Uh, Ozzy and Fullerton, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Hi, Ozzy. Welcome to Southern California yeah. Live. Oh, hi. Thanks. Um, well, I was just listening to your program and to me, uh, it's a pretty simple solution, um, which was tried to be implemented under Trump, build a wall for uh, preventing illegal people from coming in, and also those drug cartels who are bringing in drugs, and our OD rates are at an all-time high, so people are dying because of this. And on a uh, um, governmental level so i would say build the wall and then the other solution is to let people in as long as they do it legally um how not that, everyone that's yeah how would everyone you one that's coming in not right. everyone that's coming is doing it for for uh poverty reasons or anything uh i i say let people come in and and have a quota and just do it legally why Pretty simple solution my yeah. problem is that you seem to say that the left and right uh, both want the same thing, and I don't think that's true. Maybe the people on the left want a clo- more of a closed border, but they keep electing these politicians, uh, although you can debate whether Biden was elected, but they keep electing these politicians that want to have an open border, like Biden and, and a lot of Democrats. So on the left, people may say they want a closed border, but uh, they vote for people that have an open border, so that's... Yeah, when I say uh, when I say the left and right, you know, the politicians, you know, there's there's a cynical part of me, Larry, that says that the politicians on both sides don't want to solve the issue at all because they both raise money on it, right? Um, but I think that I well, think I would say the people on the right want to want to save 
want to uh, solve the problem because they want to save the country. Not, I'm not, I'm sure that everyone's not perfect. Well, that's why I meant by the, by the cynical side, because I, I think, yeah. you know, that's what they I say, do. but over the course of 30 years, you know, whether or not the Republicans or Democrats are in charge of the money in Congress, uh, nobody seems to be doing a lot. You know, Donald Trump's thing was build a wall, but that's really it. Um, where is the policy coming from either side to make the situation better, a situation that's dramatically getting worse? I think it's going to get outrageously worse. I think we're going to see a migration of people once one of these governments collapses down there, which is possible. That's going to be overwhelming. Yeah, it's yeah. already and outrageous. Um, what is what is the church prepared to do? So whatever happens, you know, let's say that the politicians never resolve it. What should the church do? Well, I think the church should, uh, on an individual level, you love people no matter where they're from or who they are, mm. and you try to encourage them to maybe, if you if you care about your country, to try to assimilate into. Uh, the United States and follow the laws and follow the Constitution, and if they can become citizens legally, that would be encouraged, uh, I think, on an individual level. Uh, as far as corporate or government level, uh, I think you can't dismiss Trump's border uh, policy, which was uh, not just the wall, but it was improved border security with improved border uh, police and stuff like that, and that's not even being followed now. So, um, Yeah, there's a lot... A lot of big problems. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate your call. Or, uh, um, Ozzy. Uh, Larry in Irwindale, are you with me? Yes, I am. Hi, Larry. What are your thoughts on this? Oh, this, this is Scott? Yep. Welcome okay, to Southern I California t- Live, Larry. Oh, I've talked to you before. Oh, okay. And my, uh, you said what the church should do about it? Yeah. Remember back when the upper academia was uh, started? Um, was I'm not sure I go that far back. No, well, you do. You should. They were all created by the church. You mean like the but big schools like Harvard and, and Yale? The uh, yeah. Yep, you're yes, right. Sir. Okay. Well, the church went to sleep somewhere because look at what they are today. And I ta- I talked to you also about the situation with the homeless, uh-huh. and I said we should put them on the military basis. Oh, I remember your I call told- about that. Yeah. All right. And I said after we hung up, I thought you thought that I meant that to be punitive. No, I didn't think that. I remember that. I remember that comment. All right, Larry, appreciate yeah. appreciate you calling back and for holding on. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. You know, it is a, uh, it's a frustrating thing because we have this huge problem. And I told you that the cynical part of me does believe that there is a lot of issues where I really believe that. of regular people, when I say that, not elected people, but regular people, people who might vote one way or the other, and this, it is an issue how we vote, right? Because if we're just voting based upon R's and D's, uh, then we're not going to get anything done if the cynical thing I'm about to say is true. If the cynical thing is true, that neither side wants to really solve it because both sides raise a lot of money. I mean, do you get all these spam emails from all of these people running for office on both sides? I do. And uh, read it, you know, I mean, you shouldn't read it. It's just a mess. But if you do read it, um, you know, the left is saying, you know, the right are uncompassionate and they don't love people and we should welcome people in. The right are saying we need to have closed borders and we need to do this and that. Um, But then there's a button on the bottom that says click here and send me your $10 or your $15 or your $25. See, 
something that frustrates me on a lot of issues that we've been talking about for decades. So this goes way before Donald Trump and his wall. This goes, you know, this was an issue. This has been an issue for a long time. Um, I'm wondering, and you can name your issue, you know, crime, homelessness, guns, you know, left and right, different stuff. Where's the solution? And, you know, I think if we keep voting just because based on who's ever, uh, whatever letter is after the name, then these things don't get solved. In the meantime, whatever happens, what does the church do? I think when we kind of get into that, I think that there is certainly a role for compassion and caring for people on both sides. I think the church ought to be sending a lot of missionaries uh, across the border and into um, this hemisphere. Uh, I think we should maybe, you know, it was suggested by a caller, maybe what we ought to do is say, hey, we can help people um, learn uh, what the country is about, teach them about Jesus, but really be involved and help people because I think the governments are not as prepared as they're saying. That's part of what's happening with the busing, right? So the governor of Texas buses people to Chicago. They immediately are upset. And the reason why is that they can't take care of people like they say they would. Same is true in New York. The mayor, uh, you know, Mayor Adams, he said, yeah, you know, this is going to affect all of us, and this is what we need to do, rah, rah, rah. And actually his initial response I thought was all right. But, you know, four weeks later when he finds out how overwhelming this crisis is, now he's just mad. And that's where this is going. Two million people have crossed the border this year. Two million. It's not compassionate. But just not doing anything or just even closing the border. Let's say we just closed it. Let's just close the border. No one gets across. Uh, Is that compassionate? That doesn't seem necessarily on its own compassionate. Maybe there's some other things that the United States should be doing, particularly in the area of, of poverty in corrupt governments, you know, there's a lot of influence, I think, that we can have. It's, a, it's not that easy, all right, this issue. What's the Christian attitude for it? 888-528-2557 is the number. This is Southern California Live, 888-528-2557. Jose in San Diego, I got like 30 seconds for you. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I, I pastor a small little church down in Tijuana, Mexico, and yeah. a lot of the brothers there have a lot of necessity. And a lot of them have open doors to cross over the border, but... Pretty much what we do is just try to uh, point them towards live by faith that God will provide, that even though it's easy money uh, in, in the eyes of God, crossing illegally, working illegally, being away from the family isn't really that pleasing to the Lord, and it speaks a lot about their lack of faith. So I've had a couple of church members, probably five or six, that had that interest. It's really easy to do, a lot of easy money, but... You know, if you guide them down that path and just kind of emphasize the faith and, you know, church praying for them and, and being there for them, they, they pretty much just stayed and saw it through and saw how God did provide for them and their families. And I think if we can get a lot of people down south, a lot of those church, churches around down Mexico, Chile, and all those places, and emphasize that, and, you know, just pray and pray and guide them down the path, it could be very healthy and, you know, keeping them there. Jose, I got to I got to take a break. Can you hold on through the break and then I'll come back for you. I'd love to hear more uh, about what your yes, church sir. does in uh, Tijuana related to this issue. Uh, thank you, Jose. Yes. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, and I'll be back with more from Jose and your calls 888-528-2557 in just a moment. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll return as the Tuesday edition continues. 
This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. We're talking about border issues, Christian response. You know, what does the church do, sort of regardless of whatever the government ends up doing? On the line is Jose from San Diego, and Jose has a uh, church in Tijuana. Jose, welcome back. Thanks for holding on through the break. Sure thing. Hey, Jose, so at your church, your church is in Tijuana, and how long have you been doing that? Uh, it started off as a missionary work about eight years ago with me and my wife. Uh, it was a small little town, little colony, a lot of little kids uh, with missing parents, you know, living yeah. with the grandma or the aunt. And it just turned out as, as missionary work, and as the years progressed, uh, it started becoming mixed, you know, adults, uh, all ages, senior citizens, and it's it's been growing uh, for about eight years. It's in a colony called Sanchez Tabuada. It's, it's, it's as if you were going to Rosarito. And uh, it's been very nice, very rewarding, but there's a lot of temptation. You know, people, you know, there's a lot of open doors. People want to make that easy money, mm-hmm. which is very understandable. You know, there's a lot of need at Tijuana. And believe it or not, it's at the same time when uh, people from the United States cross over to Tijuana to rent, uh, you know, $200 a month for rent. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can't beat that, you know, it's just, you know right. $1,800 a month here in the USA. So that's that brings up a lot of prices, you know, for renting, for food, you know, so all the tourism, everybody lives, works here, lives down there, which is understandable, but uh, they can make it. They, they can survive. The thing is, it's that every, it's been engraved in their heads that if you go to USA, there's a lot of benefits, there's a lot of perks, and there's a lot of money, and a lot of people are just, they're, they're very attracted to it. Sure. And uh, we, had, we had a brother that left his wife, uh, two kids. And went up to uh, the area of Sacramento, and they're up there working in the fields. And there's a lot of opportunity, and they, he lives there with about eight, eight other people and, you know, pays, you know, $200 a month in rent and uh, sends all his money down to Mexico. Hmm. Uh, when the when the brother came back, we you know, I spoke to him, and I said, listen, I, I understand that, but your family needs you. Uh, spiritual, spiritually, you know, I know you up there in Sacramento in the fields, there's really not a lot of uh, Christian folk up there. It's pretty much just, you know, mm. drink, you know, everything you make is drink it up on the weekend. Mm. And um, I said, you know, spiritual, spiritually, you're getting warm. Uh, you know, think about it. I mean, again, it's your choice, but, you know, you have to start living by faith and putting God first. And thankfully, he, he did it. He listened to reason, and, uh, you know, he's, he's been working. And so one of the other things a lot of people need to understand, it's 12-hour shifts down in, T- in, in Tijuana or Mexico. Mm. It's 12-hour shifts at, you know, big, um, you know, factories, you know, making TVs or furniture. And you get about 240 pesos, which is about, I want to say, $15, $20 possibly. Yeah, not very a much. Day, a day. It, 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 exactly. So, but the thing is that they can survive. I, our philosophy is, or our thought is, if the church... Uh, gathers together and helps out, um, you know, they can make it, you know, you carry each, each each other's burdens and, you know, if something's missing, you, you, you help each other out. And that kind of uh, recomforts people to say, Hey, you know what? I can be here with my family. I can trust in God and God will provide. And we've seen a lot of results with that. And I think that if we spread that message around with, with our Christian brothers, you know, all across these, uh, these affected countries, you know, they can start living by faith and pushing that. But, you know, again, it's I, I understand the hardship, but I, I really think that there's just a lot of faith missing 
and there's just a lot of easy money and it's really easy to do. Yeah. Um, Jose, what would you say? I'm trying to thread the needle of a conversation here that is so, um, you know, the people get real frustrated about with good reason, um, even on both sides and the question of compassion and other things, what would you say the church in America needs to understand and what can we do about the border crisis? Jeez, you know what? My personal experience is I used to work construction in San Diego. I was born and raised here in San Diego, and I used to make $25 an hour, and this is about 15 years ago. And the thing is that my employer, all of a sudden, he started bringing down my my hours one day, two, three days a week. So finally, I realized that all my other coworkers were illegal workers. And they were getting paid $8 an hour while I was getting paid 25 27 And the thing is, he was still charging the same rate for his work, but he was paying them a lot less. So what happened is I started struggling. I had needs. I had to pay my rent. I had to pay my medical bills. And the thing is, a lot of people don't even know anybody that's illegal. You know, these mm-hmm. people that talk about politics and what do we do. They have. They don't even know people like this. But the thing is, when you when you know them, you know firsthand, you really start to think it's like, hey man, you know, <laughs> I understand you're struggling, but you're making me struggle because now I'm out of work, and I got to pay fourteen hundred dollars a month on rent. That's this is fifteen years ago, and you're just living with twelve other people at your house. So I think it's kind of difficult because we would actually have to. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it like this. I think that if you see the problem, you have to. Uh, you have to say something. Uh, in this case, the employer, my uh, my employer was uh, hiring, you know, 30, 40 people, yeah. which makes a lot of sense. But the thing is, if, if you keep going that route, you know, people that actually need the money, that, that pay their taxes, that, you know, pay their dues, they end up struggling. And these guys, they just, they hire them $8 an hour. And, you know, you can, you can just crucify them for 15 15-hour workdays, and they, they still want more because it's a lot of money compared to what they're going to get, so, uh, you know, in their hometown. And I think there's a there's a really deep root uh, in the in, in United States of America where this uh, cheap labor, you know, it, it, it speaks volumes. And the thing is, it's like you really don't see it, you know, because, you know, you're, you're walking around, you really don't see it unless you right. pay really close attention, you know? Yeah. But uh, I think if... We were kind of a, you know, you know, maybe if the church has uh, employers, you know, has, uh, you know, these, these workers and say, you know what, I'm going to cut off a little bit here and, you know, get this guy, pay him under the table. I mean, it's, it's a lot less, but in the long run, it's, you know, you're affecting your country, you're affecting your economy, you're affecting those people that actually have to pay their dues. And they just can't make it. Everything is uh, it. everything is connected. I think that's one of the things that people need to realize. In there's a lot of things, and it's very difficult. Uh, Jose, I thank you for your call, and uh, we're going to take your number down. Jose, Jared will talk to you, and uh, just in case we want to call you on this issue again, uh, that might be helpful if you're interested in doing that. Thank you for your call, uh, Pastor Jose. All right, you know it's. Um, I'm going to take a couple more calls here. Some of you've been waiting a long time, and we only have a couple minutes here. Victoria, a just a few seconds. Uh, all right, I'll come back to you, Victoria. Uh, Michael in hey. L.A., welcome to Southern California Live. That's the issue again. Uh, that might be helpful if you're in. All right, everybody's got their radio on. <laughs> Turn your radio down as we, we get to that. Uh, Victor in Lake Forest, welcome to Southern California Live. 
Victor, are you with me? All right. Every it is uh, so compelling this conversation that we just had with Jose. I know, and so, so I think that you know this is a hard issue here. Um, this, and one of the reasons I brought it up is that when a politician then turns it into it's not just politically left and right. It is as a Christian governor, is this the right thing to do? I think it raises the question: What is the right thing to do as Christians? We only have a couple of minutes left, and I see all of your calls on there, and um, <clears throat> I'm not going to be able to get to you today, uh, but call back on Friday. We do open phone Friday. We can bring this issue up again on Friday. One of the things I want to leave you with, though, is a reminder in this issue. You know, Compassion, as Jose was talking about, is something that is you, – you have to know a lot of the nuance, right? He asked the question, how many of us really know somebody who is illegal? You know, most of the people who I know who are here over the border who are, are going through a process, you know, as a, as a pastor and, and being in San Diego all these years, most of the people who I dealt with were legally here or they had, you know, they had gone through some process for being here. And an awful lot of people, by the way, from um, the other half of the world were here, um, which is a a big part of the, the issue that we need to deal with. Can I just remind us all? especially in the rhetoric and things that go on, to realize it is difficult. I, I like to say, and I believe this is true, that if 80% of us, people, Republicans, Democrats, everybody, about 80% of us, I'll bet that we'd agree that there needs to be a border that's controlled, but I also think we would agree that, that we could have an immigration policy that is compassionate. I think we also could agree that we could do more to support countries in this hemisphere to really help people, which in the long term resolves the problem. It's a major problem. Drugs, corrupt governments, uh, poverty, there's a, it's a massive thing. Can I encourage you as a church, uh, at your church, if you're not participating in something in uh, Mexico, build houses or support a ministry down there or Central America? You know, do that. It's, it's something that really helps. It contributes. You know, if somebody says, you know, what's your opinion about the border? You don't have to say, I believe this or that. You can say, well, I've been there or, well, my church supports people down there, which is a much better answer. Because that's where the compassion is. Because Jesus, at the end of the day, you know, you know what he says to us is when, we're, when we stand in front of him, he's going to ask what we did for the least of these. Not just the least of these who are here legally or the people in our own country, but the least of these in general. And you're going to have a much better answer. You're going to understand. Jesus already knows the answer, obviously. But it's much better when we've taken the time to really help people regardless of where things are at. There's a lot more to say, but there's not a lot more time. In fact, there's no time. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. Thank you for all your calls. We'll talk about it again soon. And I will be back tomorrow as I am each and every weekday from 3 to 5. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.